Matthew chapter 16, let's take a few moments and look at some things tonight. Matthew chapter 16. Father, we do thank you tonight again for your presence. Ask that you would direct us in our speech. Lord, everything I say, may it be edifying and helpful and a blessing to every person who's listening. Lord, use what I'm saying to bring us to a higher place, to develop in us fully your character and your will and your purpose. Lord, we do thank you for working in our hearts and in our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we've been talking about the church in this series on Wednesday nights. And in this series, we're, we're, we're taking this from this beginning place here in Matthew 16. And let's go ahead and read beginning in verse 13 and get us caught up to where we were. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, or Simon son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, or hell, shall not prevail against it. And so we see again that Jesus is building his church. That's what his priority is. And... Um, and he's still doing that today, and therefore those of us who follow him and those, who, those of us who walk with the Lord, we also have a priority, and that is building the church, okay? We've, we've t- talked already about the universal church and what the church is made up of and all that, and then we've come down, we've talked about the local church, and that's primarily where our focus is in much of this lesson because that's the part of the church that you and I are connected to, okay? We're in this thing together. We're in our part of the world, and, and we have brothers and sisters in China and in Australia and in England and in the Philippines and, and all around the world, but for the most part, we're not in too much contact with them. And so we focus on where we are and those whom God has connected us with, and we must have an understanding of each other if we're ever going to function as the church in the power and in the glory and in the wisdom that God ordained for us to walk in. We've got to have an understanding of one another, of each other, and recognize how we fit together. Okay, There is a, a working of God in this house as there is in many houses, but God brings people together for a reason, not just so we can be together. Not just so we can say, I was there. And uh, no, there's a, there's a supernatural purpose. There's a kingdom and eternal value and purpose in us getting together. And that's what is really defined as the church. And here we are. Yay. Think God has something in store for us? Yeah, there are some things that have already happened here tonight just because we got together. I'm telling you, it was the will of God for all people at all time. But because we got together, He moved. If we stay apart, we're, there are absolutely things that we miss, even though we're still saved if we're at home. But God wants to move, and so He calls us to be together so He can do something special. 
Okay, let's look at a few things here. Well, let me get, let me, let's get caught up again uh, to where we were. But uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 is where we're heading next. We were talking last time about how to get from yours to mine. Anybody remember that? We were talking about how, how uh, we should take ownership of what God has connected us to. And the only, sometimes you'll hear people say, I go to that church. You know, or they'll say, that's, you know, I go to your church. And uh, there's a time when a person takes ownership and they say, that's my church. All right. And, and you may be in either one of those situations. But eventually, if this is the place, you need to get to where it's mine. Okay, and if the Lord has you connected somewhere else, that needs to be yours, not just the place you attend, attend. This is a literal integration by the Spirit of God where He brings people together. And it's not just mine because I pastor it. It is mine because I'm a part of the body, and it's yours because you're a part of the body. Okay, this understanding is, is critical. We said to you that three things help us get there. Again, I won't go in detail, but number one, I said give Whatever you give towards, you feel more connected to, okay? Number two, we said to pray. When you pray for something, just like you can pray for someone who hurt you and did you harm, but when you pray the blessing of God and pray God's favor on them, it's only a matter of time until those feelings of ill will and bitterness get squashed and you actually have the love of God for that person. If that works towards the negative, hopefully we're not all enemies <laughs> praying for each other in that way. But when we pray for each other, we pray for what God's doing here. Our heart is more joined to what God is doing. Number three, we said to serve. When a person uses their divine ability, their, you know, the gift of God, when they, people use their own time and effort to serve one another, then your heart will be connected to other people. Okay. And, and again, I don't want to say all the things that we've said already. The, the Bible uses numerous metaphors to describe the church, okay? And what they do, there's really a, a, quite a few of them, and, and we'll share a few w- with you tonight. But what they do is they reveal to us different aspects of what the church really is. Okay, and so if we just, we oftentimes have a narrow mindset and we think, well, I know what the church is. I mean, I'm there all the time. I'm a part of it. Well, we probably know to some extent, but if we don't see in the word what the Lord said about the church, there are probably aspects of it that we're missing, not intentionally, not with any ill will. We just don't see it. Therefore, we can't be operating with and connected with Jesus in building it to the degree that he understands. Just like, um, you know, I'm not really knowledgeable very much about construction and building homes. Okay, some of you are. And uh, if I were to go out and build a home, I think I could get some of it done. Just because I've seen a lot of them. I've lived in them for quite a while. I've been to construction sites. (laughs) And so I could figure some of it out. But how many want me to build you a house? (laughs) Why? Because I only know just some of it. I think I could get it to stand up. (laughs) How long is the key? (laughs) There are certain aspects of it that I, I could probably get done. But if you really want a nice solid long-standing house that's safe the wind doesn't blow through it you know 
all these things, you probably ought to go to someone who knows about all aspects of it. And, he, and they even know about hiring specialists in some areas that can do all the different things, right? Okay, when it comes to the church now, some of these things are still true. Many of us, we know part of it, and we can help in a very minor way, but because we are the church, it would do us well to be schooled in all aspects of what God is doing and how He sees this family, this organization, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, this gathering of believers, okay? One of those metaphors is this, a building, right, what we're talking about. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 9. Okay? We understand buildings. We're in a building. But when we talk about the church, how many know going back to the first part of this series, this is not the church, the building that we're living in. Okay? But we can see by that illustration that God sees us, not this place we're in, you and I as a building. You and I are building materials. Okay? Here's the scriptures. 1 Corinthians 3, 9, For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. See, that's another one we're not going to talk about right now. You are God's field. You are God's building. Say, so what, are, what are you? I'm a building. <laughs> what kind of person are you? I'm a building. I've got scripture on it. I'm a field too. <laughs> and I am a building. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. If we are a building, how many know that kind of implies that we need to be built? Right? That what God is doing is building something. Is, it, is the building finished? No. Now, you as an individual are finished spiritually when you accepted Jesus. It was a finished project. And now we're working on the soul, right? But as far as the church now, the church is a gathering. The church is an assembly of believers. The building is still in progress. Amen. It's not quite done. There are more building pro parts, <laughs> more building materials that don't know yet that they're part of the building too. They might be a doorknob and we need them. <laughs> Maybe they're a window <laughs> in this great building that God's putting together. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 20. Well, let's go ahead and read verse 19 just to get the whole sentence there. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone. That's for those who wondered if Jesus had Indian descent. He did. Chief cornerstone. All right, if you don't get that, that's fine. He, but Jesus is the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building, what are we talking about here? The whole building being fitted together. What happens when the whole building is fitted together? 
grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. And I want you to notice here, this book of Ephesians puts a lot of emphasis when it talks about us individually as being already in the kingdom. Okay, we're saved, we're complete, we're full, we're out of darkness, we're into light, we're now children of God, not sons of disobedience, not under the prince of the power of the air. All that's finished. We've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Individually, that's all done. But what is God still at work doing? It has to do with us coming together. It has to do with this grand structure he's building, but he says it's called the temple of the Lord. He is taking each of us and uh, putting us together. Again, the, the language used here, we're being fit together. When we fit together, it causes growth. Something is being constructed here. What happens when we don't fit together? You might get a house like I would build. It might lean. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? It just wouldn't be extra sturdy. It wouldn't fully serve the function or the purpose to which houses are built. Okay? And likewise, it's necessary for us in a spiritual sense to be knit together. Just like you, you know, again, I'm illustrating to the best of my lack of knowledge of, <laughs> of construction, but I'm pretty sure that like screws and nails are important and that walls line up <laughs> and that they're straight and and uh, and everything be done with uh the right angles and and so forth otherwise the final products could, could just really be a mess and can you see where we're going here with believers in the right place fitted together with who with each other then we become something strong we become something efficient we become something useful for God, and it's built. And when that happens, when everyone's in their place and walking in their grace and they're fitted with another, we're not at odds with each other, but we're working together, God can build something great. He's putting it together. What does it make? Something he calls a holy temple. Well, what does that mean? What do you mean a, God, you're creating this thing and it grows into a holy temple in the Lord. That's, that's what, ha- what we read in verse 22. You're being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Someone say, but God already lives in me, whether I do any of this stuff that you're talking about or not. We know that. But that's not the final goal of just us just personally having the Spirit of God in us. That comes through salvation. But what God is interested in is moving into us, not just me. He wants to have a place to live that's beyond just his personal relationship with me. He wants to move in with us-ins. <laughs> Y'all. Right? It's us he wants to move into. Say, like, isn't that automatic? not i'm telling you some of you have first-hand experience getting together with other dead christians 
And spiritually, they're not dead, but I mean, they get together and dry, nothing, dead, boring, huh? nothing happening. People aren't getting saved or healed or delivered, no answer to prayer, just bleh. Never have a time when you worship God and you say, wow, God is here. I feel God in this place. What's happening to you? I feel God on me. Come on, those kind of things are supposed to happen. How does it happen? People get together, and they're fitted together, and God says, I'm going to move in there. Hmm? Would you go down to a new subdivision, and you see a framed house, and say, I'm going to move in. Why in the world would you move into that? Because not everything's in place. Or you go, and there's a big pile of lumber. You know, there's... Roofing, there's all kinds of parts, stuff that could make a nice house, but it's just there. It's just on the lot, but it's not fitted together. Why would you go move in there? You can't. It's not ready for you to live there. And likewise, oftentimes churches are a big gathering of parts. They're good building materials. And they've, they've got some potential. But God's not ready to really show up and show off in that place. Huh? He's not ready to do all that he wants to do. He's got to work with the individual parts and get them to be fitted together. And then when they are, (laughs) here he comes in with all his glory and might. Amen. And his power is manifest. His glory is revealed. And he stands back and says, yeah, it's a holy temple where I can move in. And I can do what I want to do. He needs people together to accomplish his purposes. And how many know, like we said before, our togetherness is not just physical. It goes deeper than that. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. You were already there, go back. First Corinthians... Chapter 3 and verse 16. Verse 16 says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Now immediately we might have the tendency just to think of of that speaking to us as individuals. I really believe that that's not what that's saying. Over in the 6th chapter, he uses the same terminology. And in that place, he is definitely speaking about individuals. But when he says here, do you not know that you are the temple of God? He's talking about the whole church at Corinth. It's not just true that you are the temple of the Spirit of God. And as individuals, as believers, we are. But it is also true that (laughs) y'all, that we are the temple. In other words, there is a very specific and purposeful move of God's Spirit in the individual's life. And there is also a very distinct move and working of God in the lives of the church together. This scripture is... um, Stated in the Amplified Bible like this. Do you not discern and understand that you, 
the whole church at Corinth are God's temple, His sanctuary, and that God's Spirit has permanent dwelling in you. What is he talking about? The whole church. This is what some people have not recognized. That it's not just about what God is doing in my life. It's about me being a part of something. It's about me being fit together with those around me. And so that God's purposes and plans can come to pass for the church. Amen. Listen, there are no insignificant parts in this house, in this building of God. Every part that's out of place weakens it. Sometimes gets in the way. Hmm. And it can be costly for the goal, for the main thing, if individuals are not fitting together. They're not getting to where they need to be. Amen. Are you spirit-filled? A lot of believers would be quick to say, yes, I am. Okay, good. Supposed to be. Keep it up. Stay full. Here's another question. Are we spirit-filled? That's a different question. Are we spirit-filled? Is this a spirit-filled church? And not just because, you know, how many know almost all churches would answer that question? Oh, yeah, yeah, we're very (laughs) spirit-filled. Without a clue what it means. Without one douse of anointing in their services. Without one ounce of God's manifest presence that changes lives. Oh, yeah, we're spirit-filled. Whatever. But let's not think too highly of ourselves. God's moving here, no doubt. But I'm telling you what, we're still a work in progress. This is a building. This is something God is constructing. And what happens when we're in place? There's tremendous growth. Growth should happen with everything that's alive. Isn't that right? Let's look at 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. First Peter 2, verse 4. Numerous scriptures, scriptures about this element of the church being a building. It says, Coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also. So that's talking about Jesus, right? You also. Do you know there's numerous times where the Bible compares you to Jesus? You also, as living stones, are, I'm sorry, not rolling stones, living stones, <laughs> are being built up a spiritual house. What's happening with us? We're living stones, and we're being built up. A spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. How many know we're not doing those natural sacrifices like they did in the Old Covenant? Not killing any animals to shed their blood for our sin. No, we offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So again, I believe really that God is continually continually adding things and adding things, I say things, with their people people to the church 
and they fit. I don't know if we have any stonemasons here. And uh, sometimes, you know, when they're putting rock, building a wall or building a house or something, and uh, sometimes, you know, they've got to they got to find the right rock, the right piece that'll fit in the right area. And you can't just throw any rock in any place. You could end up with a mess. And likewise, God has a specific place for people. And if there's things that are missing in this thing that God's building, well, there's still, still building materials out there. They don't know what they are. And that's part of our job. When we're coming together, we're causing this thing to grow. Amen. Some other... Uh, some other metaphors that many of you are aware of we're called a family in a family how many know everyone has responsibility everybody plays a role everybody has a part to play we're also called a body we know that that's very clear all of our body parts have a function all of our body parts are necessary and when one's out of place yikes we're also called an army Another, met, another metaphor of the church is an army. How many know in an army, each soldier has a role, has a rank, they have a position, they have a part to play in that. I find it interesting that so many of the metaphors for the church give us a picture of people doing something. They give us a picture of each person having a part to play in that Building, family, army, whatever you want to talk about. So many of them, they show us more than that, but that is a consistent revelation in many of these pictures that God wants us to be in a certain place because He is with His divine wisdom putting us together. Again, growth is natural for every living thing. If growth is absent, something's out of order. Something is prohibiting life. And when we talk about growth, what are we talking about? God's putting us in a place. We're living stones and he's building something great. How do we grow? Numerous ways. And all of them are important. A couple biggies are we grow internally. We're growing in our knowledge of God. We're growing in our understanding. We're growing in maturity. How many know if our church grows and grows with many, many more building parts, many, many more people, but we lack growth on the inside of each and every person, we're a weak house. And that's not ultimately God's purpose, God's purpose and plan. Can that happen? That can happen. We want to grow in many different ways. How many know it is also not only the will of God that you increase and that you come up from where you're at because no one has arrived and that you come up to a higher place. It's also God's express purpose and will that we do grow with more parts. He wants to add more and more. I'm telling you, this is the will of God. It should never be that we become too comfortable with the way things are. Man, if they're get if they're if there anyone else comes to this place, I'm gonna have to get here early to get my seat. 
it is the will of God that people be added. Many, many, many people be added to this house, to this work of God. God is specifically moving and inspiring individuals so that they take their place, which causes increase and causes growth in the body. If growth ceases, I really believe that people are out of place. Because if something is alive, again, growth is natural. If you've got a plant and it's not growing, something's wrong. It's got death working in it somehow. But when things, when death is moved out of the way, things start to grow again. Things start to grow. And God is working specifically, I believe, in us in this day and in this time to cause increase in many areas, to cause growth in many areas. What do you mean? Growth, like I said, in, in maturity, growth financially, growth in outreach, growth in ministry, growth in numbers of people, growth in buildings, growth in, in all kinds of areas. And it so much of this begins with us recognizing I'm a part of something that God himself is building. I'm a part of something that Jesus places as a priority. He said, I will build this thing. I'm going to build this assembly of believers. And the devil can't do anything about it. The gates of hell cannot prevail against it. And so we're on the winning side, aren't we? We are on the winning team. We've got the author of life, and he's the greatest coach of this team. He knows where each player plays the best. He knows that we, he knows what he's put into each and every person and how you may feel like, man, I don't have much to contribute. I don't have much, to, much that could really help. Baloney, I'm telling you, you might not see it and recognize it, but there is a divine value in your life, and it adds value to the entire project. The place that you hold is something that God wants to use to bring increase to the body and to bring growth to this amazing thing that he's building. And when you're used by God in what even might seem a small way at times, God moves in in a greater way. There's a greater move of God's spirit because we are the temple of God. Together, the temple of the Holy Ghost. And when He dwells here, I tell you what, it's the easiest thing in the world to have life. Problems melting off of people's lives. People come in addicted. People come in depressed. I mean, depressed, imagine that. That's the devil. People come in sad. People come in diseased. People come in in torment and relationships are thrashed. And they step in to the cloud. Amen. What do you mean? <laughs> the presence of God. So how can we have it? Because we're all fitted together. We're recognizing that God is using us as building material. And he's wanting to add other people. And you get in here and God lives there. How many know one thing? 
that I don't think any Christian disagrees about. And, and that's kind of hard to find. <laughs> any believer disagrees about is when we get to heaven, there won't be any sickness. There won't be any pain. There won't be any sorrow. There won't be any sadness at all. All Christians, no matter what their color or brand or denomination or whatever, they say, yep, that's right. You know what the main reason for that is? It is the very presence of God in complete and total manifestation with no hindrance, no enemy, no flesh, nothing sinful is there. And so none of that evil stuff can live. I'm telling you, the greater, we, the, the greater the manifestation of God's presence, which comes about in large part to us all being in place, individually spirit-filled, corporately motivated, and we come together, and God's presence can rise to a greater degree. And I tell you what, those bound up come walking into the midst of that, and they don't know what they got into. He thought, I thought I was just going to church. Saw, saw that TV program or something, or you, they worked with you or saw you, and you gave them an invite, and, and uh, they thought, I'm just, I'll go sit in the back and check it out. No offense to those in the back. Uh, <laughs> they thought, I'll just, come, I'll just watch, and I'm going to come late and leave early. And, uh, and they didn't know that someone had a purpose for their life. Someone saw saw them at the lumber yard <laughs> and said, I want that one. And as soon as they walked in, God was there and they met up with something they never would have imagined. And their life was changed forever. And great joy and great peace entered their life and they've never been the same ever since. I'm telling you, we've only, we've only begun to see the amazing goodness of God's grace and power and love displayed in the lives of people. I tell you what, more and more and more. And why? Because we're recognizing it. We're seeing it for ourselves and seeing that God wants to use us as individually when we come together to build. To build something that God can indwell in heavy doses. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. And it's only going to get gooder and gooder. Yay. And I'm liking it already. I don't know about you. Having fun. Happy. Enjoying life. <laughs> Man, how much more can you smile? And I like to hear people say, well, it's just too good to be true. Almost. Seems like it. But it's a reality in God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, let's go ahead and stop there for now. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you tonight. Thank you, thank you for being in our midst, for your presence indwelling us individually and corporately. I thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for every life. If there's not an insignificant person here, there's no sin too great. There's no problem too big. 
No mountain too high. Lord, for you to overcome and be an overcomer in us. Lord, I thank you for moving everyone, stirring their heart to seek your face concerning where they're to be and how they can be joined and knit together with the body. Lord, thank you for doing a good thing, doing a mighty thing in us, corporately here together, uniting our hearts, giving us common vision and purpose. We're all living for the same goal. We're walking with Jesus who said he would build his church. Thank you for giving us a part to play in that today. Lord, we do honor and bless you. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray for those who've come to church tonight. There may be some who are here who are not right with you.